The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. Hello, 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 hello. One Saturday, new Saturday, new session, and I'm very happy to be here with you and to share with you a great, unusual experience that I've had two weeks ago on um, September 20th, as a matter of fact, in Sochi, Russia. Um, I was invited by my client, uh, who is the largest bank of Russia, is over 50% of the market share. Uh, who was one of the hosts of this event. It was the annual, this time 11th, Investors Forum, where they invite who is who of Russia and from abroad for a discussion about the future opportunities in Russia for investors. As different from the past, in the past usually this event is where they boast about their achievements, about the investments, about the future potential of Russia. This time my host told me to lay it out how I see the managerial practices in Russia and what needs to be improved. That was a departure from how they handle this event in the past. I agreed to attend because he told me that, number one, the Prime Minister of Russia, Mr. Medvedev, will be the one on the panel, and I will be the second one to speak after him. And then there will be two more members on the panel. So there were four of us on the panel. The Prime Minister had 20 minutes allocated to him. I was the second one with 15 minutes allocated to me. And then after me was the President, CEO of the Boston Consulting Group Worldwide, who came especially for this event. And <laughs> interestingly enough, he had six minutes allocated to him. And then after him, there was a person from the European Union, representing the European Union on investments, uh, also with six minutes. So I was given a, you might say, triple amount of time than usual to speak and right after the Prime Minister. Because of that, I accepted to stay in Russia for another week for this event and not go home when I was supposed to be for Rosh Hashanah for the for the high holidays, Jewish high holidays of the new year, which is a major sacrifice as you can imagine. Well, 
uh, before I give, uh, before we broadcast, we, we put on for you to listen to what I said. I would like you to, to realize what was the event. There was 2,000 people in the audience. On the stage was the Prime Minister. And then, as I told you, the other, the President of Postal Consulting Group, the European Union and myself, and the President of the Bank. And the audience was unbelievable. We had the whole cabinet of Russia, all the different ministers, then all the governors of the different territories, different regions of Russia, about 80 of them. And uh, then the whole diplomatic corps, including the ambassador of the United States to Russia. And then all the top, top, top businessmen of Russia. I mean, the chairman of the board of Gazprom and the chairman of the board board of Lukoil and the chairman of the board of this and the chairman of the board of that. It was the who is who of Russia in the audience. I must admit I was kind of a <laughs> what am I going to say in 15 minutes and make sense with that kind of an audience. But uh, the president of the bank who is my client and known me now for a year said, Ichak, do your thing. Late over, no fear. Say it as you see it. It was a really a license to just speak up. And I wonder what you think about what I said. Here it is. So the first question to Professor Adzizas. Um, uh, uh, any discussion starts uh, with uh, the uh, terms and definitions. What is leadership? How does one become a leader? What is the essence uh, of leadership? And what is it that is lacking in our leaders to become informal, real leaders of their regions? Colleagues, uh, please uh, use your uh, headphones because Professor Zizis will be speaking English and there is simultaneous interpretation. Mr. Graf, our host, Deputy Prime Ministers, members of the government, ladies and gentlemen, it's a big pleasure for me and a flattery that you invite me here to speak to you in 15 minutes or less, 10 minutes, about 44 years of my experience as a consultant to countries and to companies around the world. It's a real big challenge. So let's start because it's a big job. Who is going to win in a competitive environment? What is the English translation? The English? English, please. Who is going to win? Now let's look at it. Who is really successful? Let's ask the first question. Is uh, Japan successful? How about Switzerland? How about South Africa? How about Angola? South Africa has diamonds, oil, gold, everything. Where is South Africa on the world map? Angola has the size of France, arable land. Again, diamonds, everything. Where is Angola? How about Switzerland? What does Switzerland have? Cuckoo clocks and snow. They have nothing. No oil, no gas, no gold, no diamonds. What does Japan have? Nothing. 
There is even a law in Japan that you're not supposed to stretch your legs when you go to sleep because you can cross into South Korea. It's nothing. How come Japan is successful? How come Switzerland is successful? Why not South Africa? Why not Angola? Here is Hawaii. I'm giving you 44 years of my experience in working with companies and countries, and here is a simple, very simple, it was not simple to discover, but it's simple to understand, the formula of success. Formula of success. It is a ratio between external integration and internal disintegration. Let me explain that. What is external integration? And I'm sure you're going to hear about it at this convention, at this forum, a lot about it. It is called strategic planning. You have to look at what are your capabilities, you have to look at what the opportunities are, and then how to match capabilities to opportunities and beat the competition. Good luck. Not good enough. Because it also depends on internal disintegration. Let me explain internal disintegration. Here are the variables. Mutual trust and respect. If there is no trust and there is no respect for differences, what happens? A lot of fighting. A lot of internal waste of energy. I'm sure that many of you probably studied engineering. And what do you learn in engineering, mechanical engineering? You should design a machine that uses maximum pressure and minimum friction. The more friction, what happens? A lot of repairs, a lot of breakdown. The machine is not working. Same thing for a country. Same thing is for any organization. The more internal fighting, the more lack of mutual respect and trust, the more wasted energy and you cannot compete. What does Switzerland have? Switzerland has a potential to be a disaster. Can you imagine a country with a worse condition of French, Italians and Germans together? This should be a disaster. It isn't. Why? Look at the relationship there. Look at the trust. What is Switzerland strong in? Banking and pharmaceuticals. Would you invest in a bank you don't trust? Would you buy pharmaceuticals from a company you don't respect? They have the most important factor for success is not how much gold you have, not how much oil you have, but what kind of a culture you have. Culture. Japan has a culture. Switzerland has a culture of working together. In the Far East, they have an expression. One Chinese can beat one Japanese. But three Japanese can beat three Chinese because they know how to work together.
I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Which marriages are successful and have growing children that are healthy? Where there is a family of trust and respect. Show me a family without trust and respect and I will show you children that are on drugs, children that are lost in the world. Here it is. What does it mean, trust? I don't want to talk about religion. Trust me. It took a long time to discover what trust means. You trust people you share interest with. That's why we say, I can turn my back to. I trust him. Why? Because we share interest. If he sticks a knife in my back, he hurt himself too. We are in the same boat. Sharing interest. And what does respect mean? Not how nicely you talk and smile. Please. Emmanuel Kant, the philosopher, says respect is when you recognize, recognize the right of the other person to think differently. That is respect. When you don't tell the other person, how dare you think like this? You have to think like me. There is no respect. Respect is to recognize the right to think differently. And then we nurture it. Why? You learn from differences. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't learn from similarities. If you go to somebody and say, what do you think? He says, I agree with you. Now what? You learn from somebody who disagrees with you. But not everybody that disagrees with you. They have to disagree respectfully. What does it mean? To disagree without being disagreeable. We give space to grow. So if you have a culture of mutual trust and respect, you have the right culture. And why does it, this formula of external integration divided by internal disintegration predict success? Because we know from physics that, lo that energy is fixed. There is no unlimited energy. And what did we discover? Very interesting. We spend the energy first on internal disintegration and only the surplus, if anything left, goes for external integration. If you are sick, you cannot conquer the competition. Somebody comes to you and says, there is a great opportunity. Let's beat the Americans and conquer New York. But you are sick. What are they going to say? Come tomorrow, you idiot. Don't you see I'm sick? I have no energy. So really we should talk about the next thing because I know we don't have time. What does it mean to be a leader? I'm going fast. You see that? Success is not how much you have. It is what you are. What is the culture you have? Not what you have, because what you have goes and comes. By the way, it's not what you know, because knowledge is changing so fast, you become obsolete in no time. It's what you are, what you stand for, values, culture, Okay, unfortunately it's time. Let me ask you a question. 
What undermines mutual trust and respect? Corruption, blind nationalism, terrorism, lack of teamwork, arrogance. Guys, this is a problem. This is a problem. So if you ask me, who is a good leader? What does a leader mean? Let me tell you what it means. If it is a culture of mutual trust and respect, then what's a good leader? A leader is a person who commands and grants respect. It's not what you know, it's not what you have, it's what you are. Let me show you something. Look at this hand, please. Do you see five different fingers? Five different fingers. Which finger is the most important one? Usually people say this one. That's why especially in Russia, all your sculptures had a guy with a finger pointing to the side. Let's go. This is the right finger when you are young. You don't have a kolkhoz with your children discussing. You tell them what to do, end of the story. But when your child is 40 years old, this does not work very well, right? You cannot tell them anymore. They will rebel. What is the right finger? Here it is. The thumb. Can you tell me why is the thumb the right finger? Because this is the only finger that works with every other finger. If you don't have a thumb, you don't have a hand. What's a good leader? An integrator that puts together, builds a culture of mutual trust and respect. What makes you a leader is not what you know, is not what you have, it's what you are. What kind of a person are you? Please. We're talking about regional development. Here it is, my prediction. The region that will create that right culture with a leader that commands respect and trust, 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 I repeat it three times, will be the region that will succeed. What does Luxembourg have? What does Singapore have? Culture. Because what you have goes and comes. What you are is forever. Ladies and gentlemen, the culture of the right region will attract money, will attract investors, will attract talent, will attract what you need for growth. With corruption, with internal fighting, with political instability, who will come? Why should they come? The secret of success is not how good the seeds are, how good the soil is. We spend too much money on training better managers, but our soil is frozen. You know what they do? They go abroad. That's what happens. We are training our competition. We need to change the culture.
Thank you very much. Slava Bogu. Spasiba. Thank you very much. That was a good uh, uh, warm-up in the morning. Professor Odezas uh, is able to inspire people by explaining what it is uh, to be a great leader and uh, to be successful. Sometimes people don't understand that um, uh, in immediately. It's not what we're used to, but these are the key words, mutual trust and respect. Mutual respect and trust. This is the foundation of success, the foundation of any team's success. And if there are professionals in a team and um, they have mutual trust and respect for one another, a culture of success, you will attain that success. Well, what you heard here, I hope you realize, audience, that uh, who was the audience listening? It was the Prime Minister, Mr. Medvedev, listening. And I was talking about leadership that has to be trusted. And I was talking about respect for differences of opinion, which is really the essence of democracy. So, yes, uh, I was told later on that this was a bomb. I mean, this was a very courageous lecture to present in Russia. And it went like fire in a <laughs> in a dry field. Uh, the newspapers picked it up. Um, it was very a very interesting reaction. And I would like to hear from the from you guys who are listening to this program now. What is your reaction to it, and what questions you have? And then I will tell you what else I said at that forum thereafter. Let's take a break. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Adesis management methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis Methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two- four- or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. Voice America Business Network. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You 
You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Uh, the person that you heard introducing me was a dean of the School of Economics of Russia, one of the most prestigious schools of economics. And um, uh, as I said, Medvedev was the first one to speak, and he was quoting me that after I spoke with the, 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 the clip you just heard, Afterwards, the other two people spoke, and then it was back to me. The, the moderator asked me, uh, uh, Dr. Adizas, what do you think are the problems with the managerial practices beyond, you know, that will make a better leader? And because I was given the, <laughs> the permission to say whatever I think without any fear, of, you know, because still it's Russia, you know, I decided to speak up. And here is what they said, which we don't, unfortunately, I cannot show you the clip now because it has a Russian overtone over it and I don't have the English version of it, unfortunately, yet. But here is what they basically say there. I said that, my, in my opinion, what is holding back Russian management is not lack of managerial talent. In my experience, and I've been working now in Russia for two years, I can take any Russian executive and put him to compete with any other executive, whether it's American, French, German, whatever, British, and I will not be embarrassed. I think they're going to probably win the debate. They're extremely smart. They're cunning, intelligent, very well educated, uh, quite aggressive. If you ever met any deals with Russians, you'll find out that you have a very, very, very good competitor. They're very, very, very good. So the problem there is not lack of managerial talent. And I was really speaking directly to the prime minister because he is pushing for more management training. He is even the chairman of the board of Skolkovo, which is a school of training and management training. And business schools are opening in Russia like mushrooms after the rain. Everybody is going for an MBA. The problem is not lack of training, I said. The problem is somewhere else. And what is a somewhere else? Two problems. Number one is fear. Whenever I work with Russian companies, I notice something very interesting. The top management gets together. When the president of the company, when the top person shows up, there is silence. Nobody talks. Nobody dares to disagree. Nobody dares to challenge the thought of the top person. So it turns out to be not a dialogue, but a monologue, a lecture by the president. It tells him what to do, and at that end of the story. There is no dialogue. There is no discussion. There is fear. And I gave several examples of the fear. And I will give you one example here. I think I already lectured about it in my previous sessions. But 
often when we diagnose problems in Russia, very fast they move from what is wrong and why is wrong into who is to blame. It, it, it deteriorates very fast into a witch hunt. Obviously, people are afraid to talk about problems because you don't know who is going to be found out to be to, to be with an, <laughs> it's called, with a bell around the neck, you know, so you know now, aha, you are the guilty party. People are fear, have fear. Second, second example I gave is from experience one of my associates had in Eastern Germany. Eastern Germany that got united already 20 years ago, there is no more communism there, should be no fear. Nevertheless, when he ran a certain very innocent exercise, uh, for a warm-up, he asked the group, each one in the group, to tell the others something that nobody knows about him or her. Very innocent exercise that in the West, people tell about their childhood experiences or they know about a trip or something. Here in Eastern Germany, there was absolute silence. During the break, he asked one of the participants, why nobody said anything? Surprised. And the answer was, the guy looked at him cold, his cold eyes, and said, and how are you intending to use this information? Wow, wow, wow. Do you realize what's going on here? Fear. Fear. And because of this fear, what's happening? There is the, 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 the channels of communication from the bottom up are clogged. Information does not flow from below up. And the example I gave in my presentation to the forum, Prime Minister listening, is that I believe they're violating a rule in medicine. In medicine, the doctor will tell you, listen to your body, listen to your body. When you're disconnected from your body, all kinds of diseases can develop. Well, in Russia, the head is disconnected from the body. The head does not listen to the body, does not know what's going on throughout the organization or throughout the country. And the result is what? Major mistakes can be done. And what I said then is, you need to break the fear. You need to create a culture of openness so that information can flow, so that better decisions can be made. And then the moderator asked me, Dr. Adizis, what are the causes of this fear? Where is this fear coming from? Let me explain to you what I think it is and what needs to be done as I wrote to the Prime Minister because I could not communicate it during the... Uh, I was dominating too much the, the forum. I was speaking too much. So instead of it, I put it in writing and said it to the Prime Minister and to all the newspapers. What is the source of fear and how to overcome it? Let's do it after the break. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Learn about applying the ADESIS methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the ADESIS methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders. 
key executives and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Yes, Adriana, we'd like to hear your question or comment. Please go ahead. Well, I was curious because based on your blog yesterday, you heard discussed Obama being an I. And your presentation on Russia, where you're talking about an I being needed as a leader, how does that relate? Because it, it doesn't seem to be working for Obama. Oh, this is a different subject. You're going into my blog of two, yesterday. You're reacting to my blog of yesterday. Uh, this is not from what I'm lecturing today in, the, in this session, but nevertheless, uh, for those people that read my blogs every week. Uh, and, and it still relates to today's topic. I'm just curious why, I guess my question is, it sounded like you had said, thought I was not good for a leader, but on Russia you're saying it really is needed as a leader. Right. A leader must have I. Without I, you're not a leader. I... That's not good enough. I'm not claiming that, that Obama is only I. He also has a lot of P in him, a lot of P and a lot of E. The problem there is somewhere else, and that will be in my next blog, is that there is, a, in my opinion, there is a big disparity between what he says and what he does. Like, you know, he talks about, you know, uniting with the Muslims of the world, but he lost a lot of credibility with the Muslim world. There is a big disparity between what he does and what he says, and that's why I think he's in trouble. So it's not enough to be I. You need also to do some other things as well. So, and the question is, can he really communicate power? But I don't want to get into the election stuff. It's really kind of a, inappropriate right now before the elections. Uh, we need I. There's no question about it. The question is how it's being used. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so uh, we continue now. What is causing fear? And not only in Russia, I found out from the reaction to this, uh, to the article I wrote, which I put in a blog, by the way, later on, is uh, that it is also true for other countries. Here is what's happening in Russia, and here is what's happening in other countries as well. And I've been 
lecturing and working in 52 countries so far. Uh, in Russia, I said in my open letter to the Prime Minister, which I said was sent to all the newspapers and was all radio and everywhere else, we know that sometimes when people, God forbid, have an accident and they lose their legs, for a long time thereafter, they still can feel their legs. They feel cold, they feel itching, they feel pain. What does it mean? To me, it means that people do not necessarily forget when they lose something. It is also called the psychology post-traumatic experience syndrome. Russia has gone through a major accident in its history with major traumatic impact, and it's called the Stalinist era. And I wrote it, and I sent it to the Prime Minister. During the Stalinist era, people were taught to spy on each other, a brother on a brother, a husband on his wife, a wife on his husband. And I, as a little child in Yugoslavia, where I was born, I was taught as a pioneer with a red, red scarf around my neck. I was taught that my real father is Tito, and that I should listen to my parents speak. And if I hear them saying anything against Tito or against the communist regime, I should immediately report it to the police. So they made the children spy on their own parents. It had a long-term impact. And what is the impact? Fear. People still fear to speak. They still fear to confront because they don't know what the repercussions could be. Till today, and what did I say to the Prime Minister? In my opinion, the way it should be treated is the way you treat trauma. You have to relieve it, you have to confront it. In Moscow, there is a Gulag Museum, the most broken, dilapidated, neglected museum I've ever seen in my life. What they need to do is build the biggest, well-documented museum about the Stalinist era, and every child should go to that museum. Nobody should graduate from high school without taking a course about the atro atrocities of the Stalinist era, and by relieving it to free itself from the fears of the Stalinist era. That is what I strongly recommend to the Prime Minister to do. The second cause of fear, that is not only for Russia, but it happens in many other countries around the world, from my experience, is that with the rate of change, the government is continuously legislating new laws, new laws that overlap with all laws. And what happens is becoming more and more legally intense environment to the point where people, businessmen, do not know what is right and what's wrong anymore. In other words, everybody is guilty, but he doesn't know of what. And you don't know when the government might choose to prosecute you. And in Russia, it's obvious what happened to Khodorovsky. So in other words, everybody is guilty in Russia because he must be violating some law. They, I heard that even have four different accounting systems in Russia. So go find out which one is a legitimate one. And if the government wants, for whatever reason, to prosecute somebody, they can always find what he's guilty of. So what's happening? 
There are certain you know, the reactions that people have. Some of them leave the country and the richest people in Russia move to London. They leave the country. Second reaction to this fear is move all your assets and family out of the country and have a ready to up-to-date passport with visa so you can live on a short notice. And I know quite a few businessmen that are doing that in Russia today. Third way to protect yourself from this unknown fear that who knows when you're going to be prosecuted is to be close to the government, to have protection, which some of them do. And what do the majority of the people in Russia do? They don't have these three choices. They live in continuous fear. So what needs to be done if you want to have entrepreneurship and innovation, Mr. Prime Minister, which is a big item that you push for it all the time. You need to appoint a vice president, vice deputy prime minister, senior deputy prime minister to with a ministry, well-financed ministry, that's going to review all the laws and find out which of them are obsolete, which of them are overlapping, and start cleaning up the bureaucracy. And by cleaning up the bureaucracy, you will remove fear. More than that, it will reduce corruption. Because with the ambiguity about laws and processes, what happens? People that are corrupt find a way to make money. How? By finding the shortcuts, by finding how to make the system work. So if the system is clean and transparent and organized well, corruption will disappear. It is like instead of killing mosquitoes, which is you're doing, prosecuting the guilty parties that are corrupt, don't just kill mosquitoes. Dry the swamp in which they breed. What does it mean? Clean up the bureaucracy so there is no need for corrupt behavior to be exist in order to make the system work. I wrote this up. I sent it up. It was in all the newspapers. It was, I was interviewed by radio about it. Ah, I don't know whether anything is going to happen, but I made my point. Let's take a break, and then I would like to hear from you, from the audience, any questions or any doubts or any comments you might have. Let's take a break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, 
and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Well, here we are back. What you heard today was my presentation to the Prime Minister, members of the Cabinet, members of the Diplomatic Corps, and all the top businessmen of Russia about what's holding Russia back. And it really is lack of a culture of mutual trust and respect. And that's what they need to change if they want to be successful in the modern world in which we belong. Uh, many people were worried that I will not be able to go back to Russia after this. But just the opposite. I've been invited back and uh, even one of the, it's called regions of Russia, more than one region of Russia, want us now to help to implement uh, this culture of mutual trust and respect and collaboration and working together and really make the changes in Russia. The, the, the response that we are getting from Russia is unbelievable positive. Uh, companies, the large and small ones, are all calling and asking for our intervention for our Adesis programs so that they can change. And that's very encouraging. I think that in the West we believe that Russia is still communist and closed and minded and, and, uh, and corrupt to the core. And I'm telling you guys, from my experience, there are trying to change, they're trying to, 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 to make it better, they're trying to fight that corruption, they're trying to make a difference. Uh, and not everybody sees that because when you're in the picture, you cannot see the picture. But I'm outside of the picture and I'm telling you, from the outside as I look in, I see the eagerness and the willingness and the desire and tremendous amount of energy devoted to make a difference and make a change. Whether it will happen or not, I will be reporting to you as we go along. Uh, uh, maybe what we should spend the last five minutes here is, okay, so we need a culture which we trust and respect. We need a culture of collaboration. We need a culture where we exchange, we learn, and by learning from differences, we grow because we learn new things which we didn't think about. And then it's synergetic. It is two plus two is not four, but five. Because in the interaction, something new was created. It was a value that couldn't have been created unless there was an interaction to start with. Instead of two and two, I should say two and three, which means differences. is not five, but six. Because the differences create a value. And then uh, 
by trust, we have a commonality of interest. So what does it mean? On one hand, we disagree, but on the other hand, we agree. What do we agree on? On our common interest. And what do we disagree on? How to make this common interest work for the benefit of us both, for all of us. You see, this is a true socio-democratic system, you might say. I, 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 I presented this to the Association of Socio-Democratic Parties worldwide. I say, here is how I see socio-democratic. It is democratic, which means we learn from each other and we accept each other's differences. And it is socio in the sense that there is a social consciousness of trying to promote everybody and not just a certain part of the society at the expense of the other part of the society. Which is, by the way, what's happening in the United States. I listened yesterday to a program and the Nobel Prize winner, Professor Stiglitz, was saying that uh, unfortunately from his studies and research, it shows that the United States, the top 1% is taking a bigger share of the wealth of the country, not by creating more by wealth, but taking it away from the others. And that is a major problem, which is my dis will destroy the United States, by the way. Uh, so how do we grow, but growing jointly? How do we grow by differences, by capitalizing on each other's differences, but for the benefit of everybody? That is what the Disney methodology is about. That's why I call it symbergetic. It is symbiotic, mutual interest, and synergistic, which means synergetic, growing. Growing through capitalization of differences. How do we make that happen? And uh, uh, it is not just good intentions, but there is a program. There is a program. It's between one to three years to bring to the companies and make the companies produce exceptional results. You have companies that have grown from $12 million in sales to $4 billion in sales in 10 years. It is sustainable growth. Why? Because it is symbiotic. It is, it is symbiotic and synergetic at the same time. It is growing, but for the common interest of all. And how do we do that? Well, you have to have a common vision and values. You must have a functional organizational structure. And that's a big lecture how to do that. And I direct you to my previous sessions or to my books. You have to have a process of decision-making. How do you run decision-making? How do you run meetings? How do you make decisions collaboratively? Which is more than an art. There is a science there. There is a system there. And then you have to have people that are mature. What does it mean? That can work in a conflict. That are not afraid of conflict. They don't have an ego trip that they cannot accept conflict. But on the opposite, the benefit of exchanging and learning from conflict. If you have the right people, the right decision-making process, the right structure, common vision and values, you have a culture of mutual trust and respect. You minimize this integration and maximum energy is devoted to external integration which means to success of any system, whether it's a country, a business, a family, or an individual human being. How do you build this? How do you do this structure correctly? How do you do this process correctly? How do you build vision and values correctly? Well, that is a one to three years program, and we have an Adidas Graduate School. I direct everybody to the Adidas Graduate School where we train people how to do that, and we give doctorate and master degrees in this, this methodology, how to make this happen in organizations, how to manage change 
collaboratively for sustainable growth and exceptional results. And I direct it to my books, to my videotapes. I wish you would come and learn because this is working very well worldwide. I would say the country where we're having the least exposure to is just the United States. Apparently, nobody's a prophet in his own city. And we would really like to start bringing this methodology to the United States, which has been acknowledged and successful all over the world. Thank you very much for listening to me, and I hope to see you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel for more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest please visit voiceamericabusiness.com the voice america talk radio network is the worldwide leader in live internet talk radio visit voiceamerica.com the views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the voice america talk radio network its staff and management